Is Ken Griffey Jr. the greatest of all time? And what's up, everybody? It's the Ken Griffey, the Ken Griffey Jr. episode. <laughs> uh, what's up, CT? Hey, man. How's it going? Happy Father's Day. Thanks, man. Which was, which was yesterday, and uh, we'll be dropping this episode tomorrow. But happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, specifically to uh, Alex Rodriguez, who has uh, <laughs> three daughters. Speaking of Alex Rodriguez, he's getting closer to buying the Mets. Luis, how do you feel about this? I feel great, man. I feel like it's another step in his legacy that is is necessary, man. Like he's he's meant to be in the business of baseball. So this is a video for another day. But do you think there's a slight obsession with Derek Jeter on behalf of Alex Rodriguez? Because in 2001, before he signed a deal with the Texas Rangers, there was a deal in place with the with the New York Mets. He would have and and a lot of the reports were that he wanted to. He wanted to be like the arch nemesis to Derek Jeter, like the other face cross town rivals to the Golden Boy in New York. And now if he buys the 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 Mets, he'll be divisional rivals with Derek Jeter here. Is there coincidence to that or what do you think? Um, I think that he doesn't revolve his decisions around Derek Jeter but I, I do think that it's a coincidence but I think that's just a baseball thing like it could have been anybody it could have been uh Vladimir Guerrero owning a team like the Phillies and that could have been enough re Jeter Jeter could very well be the reason but it's not because he's like obsessed with Jeter and there was that whole story they were BFFs and then A-Rod said that thing and and I think it was SI where he said that Jeter's just a number two hitter, but the lineup revolves around him and stuff, and that caused all this beef between two of them. I don't know, man. I'm not sure. Me neither. I'm... What do you guys think? Why don't you leave us a comment? Do you think A-Rod's, A-Rod is obsessed, obsessed with Derek Jeter? As just as just as our you know our friend here, Luis is. No offense, but anyway, no, de no denying that, my friend. No we... denying that. <laughs> Today we're talking about A-Rod's former teammate with the Seattle Mariners, Ken Griffey Jr., a.k.a. the greatest of all time, or no, depending on how you see it. Um, the kid. On Sunday, MLB Network released a documentary, which they don't they don't publicize this stuff very well. Like on ESPN, you knew Long Gone Summer was coming out like two months in advance. Seriously. I literally found out about it this past week and forgot. I completely forgot about it. I saw somebody talking about it on Twitter and I was like, shit. So I ended up recording it and watched it this morning. And I seriously wish that this is what Long Gone Summer had been. This documentary was, to me, there was there was some flaws, but it was close to perfect. It was like fun to watch the, the stories. And there was a lot of things that were revealed that we didn't know about before. And yeah, it was it was great. Ken Griffey's the you know, man. You know, that doc, the documentary was was per almost perfect. I almost I got emotional a couple times during the uh during the documentary when his when him and his dad went back to back was awesome, was the yeah. time where I was like kind of like, damn man like I you can only dream and even in that dream you can only like it's it's not you might never ever see it again. Um or like him going through his injuries and stuff. Like it really made me, it made me feel connected to that era, that decade, his legacy, uh, his Hall of Fame speech. Like it was a really, really great documentary. Uh, so far, I put it over the Last Dance, Roy yeah. Holiday's documentary. Yeah, because like I don't know, the Last Dance kind of dragged on a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, but okay. 
so far better than long way better than long gone summer oh, like way better it captured ken griffey jr long gone summer i didn't really didn't feel the same connection no and 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 if nothing that story should have captured our attention way more than the griffey story but um yeah. so there was a few things uh, there were six things particularly that stood out to me. The first thing was that Ken Griffey Jr. was selected by the Seattle Mariners in the 1987 draft with the first pick. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but at the time, I don't know when this changed, but at the time, the AL and the NL used to alternate first first picks. So the odd years were AL years, the NL were even years. The Pirates finished the 1986 season with a 64-98 and record. The Mariners finished with finished with a sixty-seven and ninety-five record. So technically, the Pirates had a worse record than the Mariners, but because the draft took place in an odd year, the American League team got the first pick. So, so uh, I was going to say Derek Jeter, Ken Griffey Jr. ended up going to the Seattle Mariners instead of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Had he gone to the Pirates, he would have been teammates with none none other than Barry Bonds. Dun, would, dun. would that have been the greatest outfield of all time? Isn't uh yeah first of all probably the <laughs> greatest teammates uh yeah. isn't isn't Barry Bonds who is Willie Mays the godfather of is that Barry Bonds Barry Bonds and then how is Griffey's Griffey and somehow because Griffey Senior and Bonds Bobby Bonds playing in the same time I think they were friends like growing up I think they've always been involved in each other's like lives because uh. Griffey Griffey was one of the people speaking up in defense of Barry Bonds when Barry Bonds was getting accused of all this of all this stuff. So So let's see. I'm trying to see if maybe they played with the Yankees together. Bobby Bonds played with the Yankees in 1975. Ken Griffey Sr. 1981, 1982, 1980, 1982, 83, okay. 84, 85, 86. So they, didn't, they didn't cross paths there. I don't think there were teammates at any point. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think uh, Ken Griffey Jr. has any relations to any of the, you know, all-time greats, aside from Ken Griffey Sr., who's not not a Hall of Famer, but he's a great player. Something's in my eye. Perfect timing. Mm. Um, but, shit, he's, he made a name for himself, just like Barry Bonds did. But the only thing is that Ken Griffey did it clean quote unquote you know what i mean like he hasn't been implicated on anything yeah. but i'm just i'm just trying to picture and the pirates were better than the mariners in the earlier years the, the mariners didn't make it to the postseason until 95 the pirates had made it to several postseasons almost won 100 games at one point i wonder if they could have pulled through a, a world series in the early 90s with that yeah back to back through that three four hitter combo oh my god that's yep. like that's like Ortiz, uh, Manny Ortiz. That's like Sheffield A-Rod. That's like you know, the Eminem brothers with Maguire Maris. Something we could probably explore a little bit further down the line. Wink, wink. We probably will. Um, mm -hmm. The next thing I wanted to touch on is the parallels between Griffey and LeBron James. And you actually made a good point before we started reco uh, recording that maybe we should really compare Griffey to Michael Jordan. And I think that is a, a better comparison. The reason why I thought LeBron James was a good comparison is because he he was featured in the documentary a lot for some reason. I wonder if he was a producer on it or something because I don't see why other what other reason he would be on there. Yeah, because um, he's not from Seattle. Um, he's he's about my age, LeBron. So maybe it's because we grew up with Ken Griffey. Maybe maybe, maybe the whole Cincinnati thing. Maybe maybe Ohio? that's what it is. Cleveland. Yeah, that's true. Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Akron, mm. Ohio, and Cincinnati, Ohio. Good point. 
but both entered their respective sports as teenagers, LeBron James and Ken Griffey Jr. They were both the best players in their sport, argu- arguably, um, and they both played on bad teams. LeBron with uh, the Cavs, Griffey with the Mariners, and the father-son duel dynamic. LeBron doesn't know his father, but he hopes to one day play with his son at some point. So maybe, you know, that's what it was about. But what do you think about the the parallels between LeBron and Jordan? What were those parallels? You mean Griffey and, and Jordan? Sorry, Griffey uh, and Jordan. I just think that it's funny how both of their careers flourished in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan had the championships, which is like, I feel like that's the only difference because Griffey performed at a high level for almost his entire career with Seattle and they, and he had, you know, video game deals, commercials, Mm -hmm. sneakers, cereal box covers, like everything that Jordan was doing. Not that Jordan was the first guy to have a sneaker deal, but I feel like he was the first one to make it globally popular and like pretty much took the Nike brand like to a whole new level that everybody has just followed his footsteps and since Griffey I think that's the only baseball player him and Jeter kind of had their own I know Jeter had his own sneaker at one point because I remember yeah but nothing like growing up Griffey's Griffey sneakers were the shit I forgot about yeah. them and I started I, I, after that doc I looked them up and I was like oh my god these are these would still be fired today if somebody and even them. And even though LeBron has his own sneaker deal and they're insane in their own right, and LeBron has his own marketing deals and everything, I feel like everything just falls after Jordan. It's like until Jordan did it, it really wasn't a thing. So since Griffey was kind of that for baseball and making appearances like in TV shows and movies and all that stuff, like I just feel like that popularity, that being the face of the sport was more of like a Griffey-Jordan thing. And it's just funny how it happened around the same time, like – the and, 90s, man. And the uh, Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball video game is arguably one of the best baseball games of all time. I yeah. just I remember that being a game changer. Like you mm-hmm. look back on it now and it's not it's nothing fancy, but the graphics were pretty cool. Um, there was another game, another Griffey game, I believe, on Super NES after they moved to Safeco Field. So it was in the late 90s. And those graphics are really good. I remember those being like game changing in the video game world. Um, mm-hmm. But that gr- a, a lot of people say that the N64 version of that game, which I don't think I, I, don't, I never owned the N64, so I'm not sure. They say that that's the best video game of all time. I, I'm not sure why I never played it, but I've never played. I did play an N64 baseball game called Triple Play Baseball, Triple Play 2000 with Sammy Sosa on the cover. It was pretty cool, but so far, I mean. MVP Baseball 2005 to me is like the best baseball game, but I've one. never I've never played that Griffey game. Yeah, um, yeah. that's because you suck. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the best father son duo of all time are Griffey Senior and Griffey Junior. The best father son duo of all time. I think currently, ah oh man, you know, I don't know because you know. <laughs> I don't know if I should bring this up later at another point, but there was an interesting line in the in that documentary, like where Griffey, he was still with the Mariners and he ran into the he ran into the outfield and uh, injured his injured his wrist and yeah. missed like the rest of the season or or whatever it was, and he basically didn't go he didn't go through his tr- spring training routine like today, like Giancarlo Stanton and Judge will have to go through like 
an enormous amount of training at a yeah. lower level before they can get to the majors. And then he just came back and started raking. So like that comment by his te- his former teammate saying like the guy just played at a different level than everybody else. Like he knew he just he played at a different level. Period. Like you can't explain it. You can't train it. So that's that's the same mentality that I have towards guys like Bonds and A Rod. That even though they took steroids, they're just at a different level. Like that's how I view them. So the fact that Bobby Bonds was a pretty good baseball player, and then I think Barry Bonds is, has a better, like, he is better, like the best of all time. Then it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to choose. I think Griffey the, and the Griffies over the Bondses. I think the fact that they played on the same team in the same lineup, same outfield, yeah, is crazy, and that they had the opportunity to do to go back to back in a game. It made me. I, Actually, I wanted to ask you because I know that it's not on the same level, but you and your so in our family, our my uncles, your dad, uh, play softball on Saturdays. They they play in the league since I was a kid. This thing has to be this thing has to have been going on for about twenty five or thirty years at least to this point. Um, and you you've had an opportunity to play with your dad over the last few years. How is that playing with your dad on the same team? It's all right. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 mostly like his 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 league and his peers like it's their league so i feel like i'm just like participating in it so there's never really like moment of like father son like getting it done or anything it's kind of just everybody doing their own thing you do a good uh, job your dad doesn't come up to you and just be like oh no no we don't get that in this no so when they they, it was kind of funny because the the part where he said where griffey got in front of uh senior and and stole the the fly ball the Dad was like, I, that I, was so funny. That was so yeah. funny. I took his car keys and and I told him you're grounded or whatever. Um, yeah. And then when they went back to back, the, you could just tell that dad looked so proud. Like, you know, I, I'm just I just can't imagine what that feeling is. And I know our dads are this. They're brothers. So our dads are are similar in that respect. Like if I ever do yeah. a good job at something, you never get that kind of like, oh, good job, son. It's almost like, you know, that's what you should have done, bitch. Yeah, it's, what you, it's always it's always what you should have done. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know, I know that story. Uh, but but we're 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 immigrant. We're kids. We're ch- children of immigrants. So it's we're it's, first, it's we're, different. We're first generation. So our our experiences are a little different. Griffey grew up sounds- as the son as the son of a major league baseball player. Not saying that he he had it great or better because I don't think that's the case in in any no, yeah, yeah. in any sense. But uh, I also want to say that. Yeah, they're like the greatest father-son duo. But what if Vlad Jr. puts together a Hall of Fame career? Now both they're the first father and son duo in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Would that be better than what Griffey and his dad kind of did together? It's possible. If if, if Vlad, well, you had Cecil and Prince, but I don't think I don't think I don't think Cecil Cecil was was a beast, but I don't think he was Ken Griffey Sr. I might be talking out of my ass, but Vlad has the potential. He has he has the the potential to be a beast in this game mm-hmm. if he can stay healthy. Um, I think that's a possibility. I think pr- probably that's going to be the next father son duo to like really to really break it open. Probably. Will we ever see a father and son duo, not only on the same team but in the same league, same time, same Crazy. same year? I don't think we're ever going to see that again. The way that. I feel like it's tough for like a a major league baseball player today to be as good as these guys were back then, which means they're getting paid a whole lot of money, which means that their kids are growing up under this umbrella of 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 security. 
for there to be like a phenom like Ronald Acuna coming out of a family like that. Not that it's can't, not that it can't happen, but I don't know. Like too many things have to go right. I think you have to have like the longe- longevity of someone like Julio Franco. Like you have to play into your late forties, and oh, yeah. you probably have to break into the game early because of because again the whole service time thing. You spend time in the minors. Like for LeBron to play with his son, I think his son is in high school now. Um, potentially, his son could hit the NBA court in two or three years, and that's yeah. that's feasible. Whereas in the M- in the MLB, in two or three years, the son would be drafted by a team, then he'd go through the ranks. Two or three years later, he'd be called up, and then by then, they may not even be on the same team. I don't know. I, I think yeah, I think it's it's insane, and I think what helped that happen was that they said Griffey, they didn't expect him to make it to the majors that quickly. They invited him to spring training, and he made the team. He impressed so much that he made the team. Um, I feel like, I feel like with LeBron, he can. LeBron's like, he's not human, so it's like, I could picture him just signing one-year deals until his son gets drafted. Yeah, and then obviously that team is gonna maybe not. Actually, it's kind of hard because from what I've been hearing is that LeBron's son isn't like a highly touted prospect yet. So he might not go high in the draft, so the yeah. team might be random. But I could just picture him being, "Hey, like, I'll sign on your team for like two years. Just draft my son. Let us let us get some father son moments to get together. You know, I, I in basketball, I could definitely. I actually would, am expecting this to happen. Yeah, like, I think it will too. It, it yeah. sounds like this is like what people are willing to happen. Like this is what people yeah. want to see. And LeBron has such a is still having because the season isn't over. An incredible season this year. At however old he is, that it doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime. I could see him play another five years easily. Yep. Um, all right. The next thing is the incredible Yankees revelation, which broke my heart as a Yankees fan. I hit all my Yankee hats. If you can see back here, there's no Yankee hats. I'm not wearing a Yankee hat. There's the bobbleheads and shit here, but that was a coincidence. I didn't really do that on purpose, but no, I left it at my dad's house. My Yankee hat. Shit. I just realized <laughs> that. Um, but Griffey revealed that while Ken Griffey senior played for the Yankees, he would go and spend time with his dad in the Yankee dugout. And one day, George Steinbrenner sent someone down to tell Griffey Sr. that he and his son can't be playing on the field to get off the field or whatever. And Griffey looks over at third base and he sees Greg Nettles and his son and his son grounding, uh, fielding grounders over at third base. And nobody's telling them anything. So that made him despise the Yankees. He felt like there was some bias there. Why are they treating me like this and not him? Um, and so he kind of vowed to never, ever play for the Yankees. And he, if anything, he raked anytime he came to Yankee Stadium, um, even fucking sending us home in 95 after we had a 2-0 lead in that series. Um, I thought that was a crazy revelation, man. Yeah, and I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but apparently Senior w- Griffey Sr. was was just like a utility player. I don't know how how – how impactful he was on the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking at Nettles' career. He played... He was a beast. He was a beast. So could it be that there was something still to that? Up. It is. It is messed up. I I wouldn't... I would never... That, that was the issue that they had a couple of years ago. Chris Sale was still on the White Sox. It wasn't Chris Sale, though. Who was it? It was someone on the White Sox wanted to bring their kid into the clubhouse, and they were not allowed so that... Oh, I remember when, this. I can't remember who it was, but I remember was it, the story. Was it Chris Sale? It it wasn't Chris Sale. Fuck. Who but was him it? and Chris Sale were him and Chris Sale were close. I know that. Was it Carnerco? Carnerco? Paul Carnerco. 
Was it? Paul Konerko? Or was he one retired? of those veteran people? It was a while ago. I don't know. Was but... it Todd Frazier? No. I don't remember that. I know. I, I remember the story. Wow. This is this is subscribe to this podcast, guys, for more of this. Just hit that. We reminisce here. We reminisce. <laughs> so Konerko played, played till 2014. So I think it was Konerko. It might have been Konerko, yeah. Yeah. He was well, if it, if it wasn't Paul Konerko, then sorry, man. By the way, uh, you're, Griffey, you're the example. You're the example in this story, so I'm sorry. Ken Griffey Senior played five seasons with the Yankees, parts of five seasons, four and a half seasons, and then it looks like he was traded to the Braves, maybe. With the Yankees, he hit 285 with a 755 OPS, which is kind of on average for him. Um, he didn't make any. He didn't do anything flashy in those years. I can't see any of my glasses. His best season was 1983. He hit 306 with a 792. Um, OPS and he he was a starter so I you know fuck you George Steinbrenner RIP by the way love you man I'll let you get the last word there with the Yankees man I you know how I, you know how I feel about that organization man I think those guys cover up a lot of their flaws with bells and whistles because they got the money to do so but if you really peel back the layers you find shit like this. Thank God for this Ken Griffey Jr. documentary that. Yeah. Hi. And no, seriously. It's something. So this is this was a a pod or an episode that I plan on doing at some point. I've been planning it for a while, but half-assedly, it's called anti-Yankee, and that's a a phrase that Dominican use. Dominicans use anti-Yankee. Basically, there's a there's a a, a crop of people out there. Crop. I don't know if that's proper, but anyway, that hate the Yankees, primarily Dominicans. And it's because they claim that that the Yankees are racist. Uh, although we could go back and point out all the Hispanic players on on the team, but this claim by Ken Griffey Jr. kind of lends some fucking you know some backing to that. I'm not I'm not going to say that George Steinbrenner is racist. There, there's evidence that he's he's you know been kind and and treated people nicely of both races of all races or whatever. But this doesn't look good, man. It's fucked up. It doesn't matter whether you're the best player on the team or the shittiest player on the team. You're a part of the team. Let these people play on the field. Griffey, I got your back. I don't care if it's my Yankees. I got your back no matter what, dog. Come on. The well, podcast. here's the thing. Yeah. Here, two two things real quick though. I I'm not gonna just I'm not. It's it looks racist because Griffey and senior Griffey senior and junior are, are black and Nettles and his son are white. So it looks racist. But the quote was. Steinbrenner doesn't want anyone in the dugout like he doesn't want anyone in the dugout and then he looked over at down the third baseline and Nettles and his son are taking grounders I don't know if there's like a difference between having your son in the field and participating in activities it's almost like your son was in the stands and you asked him to hop over and come through versus your son being in the dugout like I they could there could there be like a a line somewhere where you're not even allowed to go into the clubhouse the dugout is almost like the door to the clubhouse kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, I feel like the field is more sacrosanct than than the clubhouse or the dugout. Like, uh, like there's there have been stories like Don LaGreca. Here we go. Our, our daily Michael K. Show mention here. Don LaGreca mentioned how one time he was covering a Yankee game. He had to fill in for somebody. And there was somebody he went to high school with playing in the outfield. And he ran out to the outfield to go say hi to that guy. I can't remember who it was. And the guy in the outfield said, what the fuck are you doing here? You're going to get like you're going to get in trouble. And Don LaGreca was like he ran back and somebody told him you're not supposed to go in the field. 
but they let media in the clubhouse. They unleash them. Like you can literally be in the clubhouse during players changing and all this shit, but you can't be on the field. So I don't know. I don't. Well, to me, the the field is more accessible than the dugout. Like if I'm in the dugout with the with the team, I feel a lot more uh, privileged than getting to get on the field. You look very comfortable right now, man. I am. I'm about to take a nap. <laughs> Oh, it's, okay. The show's boring. He's saying, um, no, no, no. It's just so like, <laughs> the last the thing, the sound of your voice, man. Just, yeah. Thank you. Um, music to my ears. Yep. The last thing is Griffey's injuries, man. Had yeah. he not been injured, I'm, I'm still to this day. I'll stand by this. And I tried to get, get some evidence because it's impossible to get evidence. So I just finagled with some numbers here, but had he not been so injury prone, I really believe that Griffey would have, today would have been acknowledged as the greatest player of all time. And I'm going to tell you why, Luis. Okay, here we go. He played 22 seasons, 22 major league seasons. Um, five of those seasons, he played under 100 games. Nine of those seasons, he played under 125 games, which is still very low. 125 games is a low number for, for a player of his caliber. So what I did was is that I averaged the 13 seasons in which he played – 125 or more games. There were only 13 of 22 seasons in which he did that. Um, when I average his numbers in runs, hits, doubles, home runs, and RBI, he averaged 96 runs per season, 161 hits per season, 30 doubles per season, 36 home runs per season, and 107 RBIs per season. Then I multiplied that by 22, and this is what I got. If he averaged those numbers over 22 seasons, so some years he would have hit 50 home runs, some years he would have hit 20. You know what I'm saying? It averages out. We, we know math here, right, people? Yep. Anyway, so had he averaged those numbers over 22 seasons, this is what his numbers would have looked like. He would have had 2,110 uh, 2, runs. That would have placed him seventh all-time um, in baseball history. He would have had 3,540 hits, 3,540 hits. That would have placed him fifth all-time. Um, he would have had 668 doubles. That's fifth all time, 785 home runs. That's first all time and 20, 2,359 RBIs that would have put him first all time. I think that makes him the greatest player of all time personally. Um, and he was a career. He hit around like in the two nineties, I think two eighties for his career. Mm -hmm. Um, he was a beast, a monster outfielder. Um, he just did everything extremely well what do you think i think that's very believable um i think it's doable for him for sure what, what was his average home run uh so during that time during that time span that you were multiplying over in the 13 seasons in which he played between uh, over 125 games or more he averaged 36 home runs okay yep um i would have to agree with you man I think it's doable. I've said in the past that I think he would have hit 800 home runs, and and I I still stand by that because he was he was on a tear in in 1994, for example, the strike shortened season in 111 in 111 games, he wasn't injured. He had 40 home runs. He could have hit 60 that year. That's that's not out of the realm of possibility. Then he gets injured in 95. In 97, he hits 49 in 140 games. Then he goes on a streak of 50 or more home runs for two seasons. He hits 48, 40. Wait, he hits 48. Then he then he gets traded to Cincy. 
And that's when the numbers start to go down all of mm -hmm. a sudden. But had he kept going on that stretch of high 40 home runs or 50 home runs, I mean, who knows what this guy would have been with Seattle. You know, I'm looking at Hank Aaron's career, mm -hmm. and I don't know why this guy isn't the clear-cut greatest of all time. I mean... I think it's because he's a... Not, I'm not taking anything away from Hank, but he was kind of a compiler, if you think about it. He, he played 23 years, and he barely missed time. So it was almost like I he mean, almost had to put up these kinds of numbers. Yeah, but you know how we always say, like, the, the eye test in baseball reference is all the bold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a lot of he's, bold. He has a lot of bold, man. And, again, like, 23 careers. And this is why I think this whole steroid argument is bullshit. Clearly, the guy was on something. <laughs> putting up putting up 40 home runs in his age 39 season? 100 or more that? games in every year but one. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, in 120 games, this guy hit 40 home runs at his age 39 season. Was Hank Aaron like, what was he like? Was he, he, he had to be on something. I'm sorry. Like, if you're telling me that play, baseball players today can't get anywhere close to these numbers, I mean, 120 games, 40 home runs, 39 years old. I don't know, man. Um, That's fishy. That's fishy to me. Yeah. I don't think he was a I don't think he was a compiler, by the way, man. I think he was looking at this now. No, I changed my mind. That's what I yeah, always guy, thought. Now look at this. The guy, twenty five All Star appearances. Like. Jesus, one one MVP. <sighs> we're, gonna have to, we're gonna have to look into that a little closer. We might just have to break down his whole career, but I think that's a pretty good assumption of what Griffey could have been without injuries, especially since I think he might have been a better baseball player in, overall. At some point in life, we're gonna break down Hank Aaron's career because. There's somewhere in here you got robbed of an of an MVP or two. Also, I want to point out he played primarily in the fifties and the sixties. Right, Gr yeah. Greenies, maybe amphetamines. I was gonna say like the Civil War, the uh, Civil Rights, Civil uh, <laughs> the Civil the Civil Rights Act uh, movement mm. probably played probably played into him not getting the recognition of being the best I like baseball that. player. All right, we're gonna we're gonna break that down further at some point in life, but yes. That's it. That's all we got for the Ken Griffey documentary. If you have time, check it out. It's on MLB Network. I don't know when it's going to air again. You might find it on demand. I'm not sure. But that's it for me. CT, you got anything else? No, I do not, Manny. Uh, have a good day. You too. Have a good night. You, you too, man. All right. And I'm Manny at MannyGo3 on Twitter and Instagram. That's Luis at Hovamojo on Twitter. Follow the show at WT The Show on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like, comment, all that jazz. Thanks for watching, everybody. Peace. Peace out.